Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. series entitled Refresh. And, and, and you know what it means to refresh, right? If your cup is empty, you know, you refill it, you refresh the cup. Uh, you, you know what it's like to refresh, right? To re-energize yourself. You know, you woke up and, you know, uh, we are part of a little exercise club, Kim and I with uh, Tia. And after we work out, we're, we're hurting, we're in pain, but we feel refreshed. So we re-energize ourselves. Or for you computer people, when you are on your computer and your screen gets stuck on something, you click that little circle that has the arrow, which is called the refresh button. And what the refresh button does is update. Uh, something current. It gives a new uh, image of the most up of the most current screen or, or information that's there. So you update your screen. And so over these next four weeks, we're going to talk about refilling our spiritual cup. We're going to talk about refreshing the window to our soul. And we're, we're also going to talk about re-energizing our God-given Purpose. How many of y'all excited to do some things like that this morning? I know that I am. Well, we're not going to get too long into it. Let us pray over this word, and then I'm going to have y'all meet me uh, some places in Scripture this morning. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, oh, hallowed be your name. God, I thank you so much today for this wonderful opportunity to stand as your representative. This brand new year, this brand new opportunity, Father God, to just really, uh, you know, just dust off my armor and wear my crown and represent you like never before. God, I'm on fire this morning for you. And so this word that you've prepared for me to share, I pray, oh God, that it's authentic. I pray, oh God, that the people that are here in attendance don't hear my voice, but they hear yours, that they don't see my image, but they see yours. Today, oh God, I want to represent you like never before. I represent Team Jesus this morning, and I pray that that's who they see today. God, make these words not just uh, go to the ears, but bypass the ears and rest solely on the hearts of those in attendance, oh God, so that when we leave this place and start this year off right, we can start it changed and refreshed. God, I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The first part of this series we want to talk about in order to really refresh yourself and, 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 and begin your new year, you have to get past your past. Get past your past. And today we're going to focus on talking about getting past your past. Because here's what I know. Watch this. Many of you have started your goals or your New Year's resolutions. 
we all have wrote something like, I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to do that this year. I'm going to do less of this or more of that this year. We've all kind of done that, right? But in order to do that to the best of our abilities, we have to get rid of certain labels that we carried over from 2013 into 2014. Now, you you don't have to blurt yours out or yell yours out, but we've carried certain labels, some of them good, some of them bad. Some of us may be carrying a label of failure. I, I, I set these goals. I didn't accomplish them. And so internally, I feel like a Failure. Uh, Some of us may be carrying over into this new year the label of quitter. You know, some of us have started workout regiments. We started like the early part of the year, and before summer hit real good, we were done. That's the good people. Then those other people, before the first quarter was over, we were done. That's the okay people. Then there's the other people who, by the end of the month, we were done. And so you've carried the label of quitter over in the 2014. Uh, Some of us have been extremely successful. As a matter of fact, everything we put on our goals, we've accomplished. And so we're carrying the label of overachiever into 2014. How many of you know that every year is not a great year like that? Not every year you will overachieve. And sometimes you may fall short of the goal you've set. No matter what it is, some of you are carrying over the label of pain, heartbreak, uh, uh, somebody did you wrong into this year. Here's what I want you to do. You don't have to share it. As a matter of fact, if your neighbor peek over on your paper, you know, tell them to mind their business. Amen. So you go ahead. I gave three spots for you. If you have notes on these handouts here, there are three spaces. Just take a few seconds. And if you can't come up with three, that's okay. But whatever the main one is, write down three labels that you are carrying over into this year. In other words, the first thing you did when you looked at 2014, I'm not going to be that this year. But you carried it over because you said it. Write down those things, some some things, quitter, uh, whatever it is, uh, uh, overachiever, whatever. Write down those three things. Keep it to yourself. We We don't have to talk about it. That's your business. And if your neighbor look, tell them to mind the business. This ain't for them. It's for you. Amen. And the reason I'm having you write these down this morning, my brothers and sisters, is because we're going to move forward and we're going to knock off those labels. We're going to drop those labels, not for this year, but forever. Amen. We're going to drop those labels, not for this year, but forever. Some of us uh, carry over uh, labels of being flaky or inconsistent. Like, I'm going to be better about being in I'm going to be consistent this year. I'm going to keep every promise I make this year. I'm going to do it. Some of us carry over the label of uh, I was a giver, but now, uh, you know, a giver of my time, a giver of my resources. I'm I'm, going to be a better one this year. Overly sensitive, insecure. Some of us have carried over the label of average. I'm talking to some people in here. That's why I got quiet. That's okay. Some of y'all feel like you're a doormat. You're doing for everybody, but nobody's doing anything for you. You're always a first responder, but, you know, nobody can, uh, you know, answer their phone when you're in need. Come on, I'm talking to some people here. Whatever those labels are today, let's move past that. And today, let's make a commitment to focus on our God-centered view of ourselves. 
let's focus on our God-centered view of ourselves. Here's the first note I want to share with you. Here's how God sees you. God loves you so much that God has given you a future. He's given you a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Why? To give you a future and a hope. Now, let me talk a little bit about this scripture and what was happening at this time. The prophet was, was, was speaking to some exiled people who had been in exile for quite some time. And they didn't believe that there was hope for them anymore. They had been destroyed by the enemy's army. They, 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 you know, so much has been taken from them. Uh, nothing seemed like there was, there was, seemed like there was no promise. They felt extremely hopeless. And then the prophet right here, Jeremiah comes and says, God has spoken to me. And watch this. I know where you're at right now. It seems impossible. What I'm about to lay on you is heavy and it's going to be hard to believe because over these past several decades, y'all been going through some mess. But watch this. God wanted me to tell you today that I have given you a future and a hope. I have given you, I know the plans for you. So in other words, wherever you are right now, now, listen here, I already wrote the plans for your life. It gets better, baby. But what you have to do is, number one, believe in this word I'm telling you. I know it's hard to believe where you're at right now because it's dark. It's gray. It's ugly. It's murky. You ever swim in murky water? You can't see the, uh, your hand in front of you? Some of y'all have been to those kind of beaches. I won't call them out. But you've been to those kind of beaches where the water is so murky, you open your eyes. You're like, I need to close them because whatever this muck is it's gonna get in my eyes it's just like that with real life sometimes it gets so messy it gets so murky you can't see right in front of you but you have to believe that the promise that God has given you see God is not a liar God has never, ever, and never, ever will break a promise if he promised you something he's going to fulfill the promise you here on this side of heaven have to exercise the big F faith You on this side of heaven have to exercise faith. So whenever you're going through and and as we're planning and moving forward in this brand new year, the first thing we have to remember is no matter how successful I was in 2013, I still have not gotten there yet. No matter how unsuccessful I was in 2013, I still have not hit the mark yet. What God has for me is a bigger and better plan, a future that is tied with a hope. And this is what Jeremiah is saying to some people who were in exile, kicked out of a land that they owned, that generations and their uncles and aunties and great uncles and aunties owned. They're kicked out. They're running. They're on the loose. And Jeremiah is saying, don't worry. God has, no, he knows a plan for you and he's given you a future. And because he's given you a future and he's written out your plans, there lies your hope. Just hold on a little while longer. And for my Bible readers, you know later on that they were 
uh, release. Uh, they were freed from bondage. They, they, there were some great things that happened for the children of Israel. The children, uh, the, the, the children of Israel were, were blessed uh, beyond measure, but they had to hold on just a little while longer. Philippians, I love what Paul was saying to the church in Philippi. He says this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Whenever I feel like I'm not doing enough, whenever I feel like I'm not achieving enough, whenever I look at my goals and I don't see enough check marks or crossed off things, I go to this particular scripture right here. And this is what Paul says, the apostle Paul, while he was in prison, said this to the church in Philippi. He says, I don't mean to say, and if you will, if you have a Bible, you can meet me over in Philippians 3 verses 12 and 3 are the ones that I'm reading. It says this, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. That's for all you successful folks who've done some wonderful things in 2013. I want y'all to get that. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, the one thing he focuses on. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Can I just tell y'all a little bit about the Apostle Paul? Man, when he wrote, this is why I love this scripture, because I look at him and I say, wow, he's saying a lot in just this little sentence. Watch this. He was, he's first of all born, uh, he's a part of the lineage of the tribe of Benjamin. That's rich, rich pedigree. That's good pedigree. Then he becomes a, a Pharisee at a very young age, right? So he was of the hierarchy, religious hierarchy of the time. Then uh, while, he was, uh, while he was persecuting Christians, uh, he had a moment on Damascus Road and he became saved, right? So then after he was saved, he went all over the place planting churches, right? And then after he planted all these churches sharing the gospel, even while in prison, he was in prison. They started having worship and praise and was going on. An earthquake happened. The, the, the jail was open. He brought a family to Christ in the jail. Oh, man, I'm preaching here. Listen, he had great success. He had great failure. And he says, I'm not focus on, on all that. The one thing I focus on right now, forgetting my past, but focusing on what lies ahead. Forgetting your past also means, watch this, not just forgetting the things you miss, but forgetting the things you've gained. I'm not saying putting them on the back burner. What I'm saying is don't get complacent in your successes. A lot of us reach our a lot of us get successful, and that's it. We've plateaued. I'm good, baby. I done made it. I'm where I want to be and where I need to be. This is all I need. And we get complacent there. 20 years later, we, 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 we just, we're still stuck. The world has continued to go around and around. People, your friends, your peers have moved up the ladder spiritually. We're not talking about tangible things. We're talking about spiritual things. But yet you're, you're complacent. You've plateaued. So I'm saying this even to successful people. If you've had a great year last year, that's not it. There's still yet a lot of work to do. Forget the past. Focus on what lies ahead. Because let me tell you something. There's still a lot of road to be plowed. Like I said earlier during my prayer, there are millions, millions. Let me, let me fix that. Let me just make it real. There are tens of millions of people in the world who've never heard the name Jesus Christ. Tens of millions. 
not one million, tens of millions, 20 million or more have not ever heard the name of Christ. Do we got a lot of work to do, y'all? Yes. When we look at the paper and we see that they're taking prayer out of the school, when we look at the paper and there's, they're, 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 you always see something going on with a pastor this or a church that, when there's so much negativity surrounding the church, do we got a lot of work to do? Yes, because you all have to be the brightest light. You know those energized lights that you can burn forever for like two or three years before you have to replace them? You have to be better than even that light because all of the negative publicity that our faith is getting, we have to change. I got off on a tangent there. I got off on a tangent there, but there's a lot of work to do. So let's forget about our past. Yes, celebrate your successes. Absolutely. Let that success mobilize you to where God wants you to be. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. So the first thing is, because God loves you so much, here's his view of you. He loves you so much, he's giving you a future. He's giving you a future. The second things I want to share with you, my brothers and sisters, is that God loves you so much He loves you so much that your mama and daddy gave you a name. They named you Brandon. They named you Tina or Sam. They named you Omar. But God says, because you are now with me, I've given you a new name. God has given you a new name. He loves you so much, he's given you a new name. And watch this. This new name is your spiritual name. It's not your government name. Y'all know it's not, it's not the name on your driver's license. It's not the name on your birth certificate. It's a new name. Isaiah says this, 62 and 2. It says, the nations will see your righteousness, and world leaders will be blinded by your glory. And you will be given, mm, you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. Once again, the prophet is talking to some exiled people who felt hopeless and helpless. Let me share something with you for those who don't read the Bible enough. Watch this. Do you know that every time God gets ready to do something radical that will forever change history, that will forever change uh, your generation, he changes your name? Watch this. There was a guy by the name in the Old Testament, a brother by the name of Abram, who was married to a woman named Sarai. And, and, and when he was ready to do some miraculous things, because she was well up in age, and so was he, and he was getting ready to give her her very first child, her very first boy. boy. And uh, 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 he was getting ready to do something that would change their history forever. He says, you no longer will be called Abram. You are now Abra." Ham, and you no longer will be called Sarah, you will be called Sarah. Okay, that, that's Old Testament. You may not be familiar uh, with, with that one. Uh, there's another story in the New Testament with a guy by the name of uh, Simon. And he was one of the disciples of Jesus, meaning he was one of the first people to really hang out with him. He was a, a local fisherman, and he was pretty good at his craft. Uh, it was a family business. His brother was also a fisherman. And, and so there was one time when he was hanging out with Jesus, and Jesus was asking, he says, hey, man, who do the people say I am? And he said, what the people say, he, what, how the people view Jesus. And he says, well, well, well Simon, who do you say 
I am. And then Simon says, you are the Messiah. You are the, 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 great, the great one. You, you, you are our Savior and all of these great things. And, and so at that moment, watch this, at that moment, Jesus says, you know what? You are no longer Simon. I call you Peter because Peter means Petros, which means rock. And upon the rock, I'm going to build my church. And if we jump over to Acts, did that not happen? Did that not happen where in the book of Acts where, where, where Peter, uh, uh, who was a bit cowardly when, when, they, when they came, to, uh, 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 when they took Jesus away and they were crucifying him, he was hiding under a hood somewhere. But then in this moment uh, when Jesus was resurrected and came back and talked to him and, and the Holy Spirit came upon him and all of these people were gathered for a festival, here is the rock that Jesus was going to build his church. He goes out there and just suddenly boldly stands up with all audacity and begins to drop some testament like never before and 3,000 men that didn't include the women or children came to Christ in that instant and the church that we know today was built his name was changed from Simon to Peter and we can call ourselves Christians because of that moment when God is getting ready to do something radical that will forever change your history your family's history generational history he changes your name He's given each of you a new name. Today you may sit here as Dion the counselor or, or educational professional, right? But in 2014, you could be Mrs. Dion somebody. We don't know, huh? To, uh, uh, today, uh, uh, you, come on, amen, come on. Amen. You may be just Omar sitting back there today. You may be a great father to some beautiful children, but maybe at the end of 2014, you are Omar, the CEO of a nonprofit. Do you believe it, brother? Huh? Huh? You may be that today, but at the end of the year, God will change your name and your position. I used to be Broderick Santiago, a five percenter. I used to be Broderick Santiago, who then changed his name, right, from, to, from Broderick Santiago to Abdullahi when I took my shahada and became a Muslim. I gave my life to Christ in the year 2000. Jesus spoke to me, and I immediately was in ministry. Today, I stand as Pastor Broderick Santiago wasn't part of my plans, was all a part of his plans. I'm going to stop right here before y'all start shouting. When God wants to do something for you, he gives you a new name and a new title. He's given you a new name. The question is, will you connect with him and, 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 and jump in with his plan for your life? And at the end of the year, let's see who you are. Let's see what new name and title he's giving you. Now, now let, me, let me say this so y'all don't get complacent. There's work for you to do. Let me explain this. When he changed Abram's name to Abraham and Sarai's name to Sarah, they had to come together. You get what I'm saying? In order to have the baby. He didn't just say, y'all can chill, have a glass of wine, sit next to each other and I'm impregnated. No, they had work to do. Y'all will get that at some point. Peter, whom, whom Jesus built the church on, he didn't say, I'm going to build my church on you, now you good. I'm going to change your name from Simon to Peter, and I'm going to build the church upon you because you are the rock. He didn't just say that, and all of a sudden that happened. No, Peter had to stand and speak to people from different lands who spoke different languages, and he had to drop a sermon like nobody's business, and a real revival had to happen. Watch this. There was a guy by the name of Saul of Tarsus 
who was persecuting Christians, tearing them apart. If you mention this new movement, this new thing called the way, which was also Christianity, you were persecuted, executed in some cases. This man by the name of Saul, this Pharisee cut from the tribe of Benjamin, he was on Damascus Road and Jesus blinded his behind for a minute. Let him walk around without singing until he yelled out Jesus and then his name was changed from Saul of Tarsus to the Apostle Paul who helped grow what we call the faith of Christianity. He did a movement, a major movement and his name was changed from Saul to Paul. Why? So that we don't focus on who we used to be. God loves you so much, loves you so much. He gave you a future. He gave you a new name. Finally, my brothers and sisters, God has given you, this is going to mess you up a little bit, but God has given you a new purpose, a new purpose. Now, when I say he's given you a new purpose, I don't really mean that the purpose is new. The purpose has been there. You were born, you were created, you were thought, you, before you were a thought in your mama's mind, you were a thought definitely in God's mind. Matter of fact, he created you in the womb and had a plan from you from day one. So the purpose has always been there, but it's new to you because it hasn't been revealed in its entirety. See, over your lifetime, God has just been giving you little cliff notes. He's been leaving you little sticky notes of what he wants you to do. He's been drawing little, little arrows and pointing you in the direction you should go. But every year when you connect with God, when you pray and you fast and you spend quality time with God, he reveals to you more and more your purpose. And every time you look at it, it looks new to you, but it's not. He's giving you a new purpose, but the purpose isn't new. It's been there. Let me share what Matthew says, Matthew 16, 17 through 18. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from me, any human being. You did not learn this from any human being. Now, I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Not only did he change his name, he revealed why he changed his name. Because I am building this movement that will forever change the world. No devil in hell, none of his partners, none of his cords will ever come against it. Watch this. Although we read and see the media of all the negative stuff that comes upon the church, although we look at all of the stuff that, that all of the persecution that's coming upon our faith, do y'all know outside of this world, every day, hundreds of thousands of people are coming to Christ still? No matter what's going on on this side of the planet Earth, there's a whole lot of different stuff happening on that side. God's church will never, ever be destroyed. I don't, mean, I don't care how many people become atheists or, or, or any other faith. The church of God will forever stand because he took a man by the name of Simon, changed his name to Peter, and upon him, that rock, he built 
his church. When he changed his name in that moment, his purpose was revealed. Let me tell you a story about a brother by the name of Nehemiah. See, I love Nehemiah. If, if we understand Nehemiah, let me tell you a little bit about him. There was a brother in the Old Testament by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the assistant to the king at that time. So he had a really, really good government job. I mean, really good benefits. I mean, good vacation. He had all that stuff, company, car, you name it. Nehemiah had it. But what he realized one day as he went out to, to visit the, uh, his homeland, he saw that there was a wall that used to, uh, used to be up to protect his people. That wall had come down. Let me tell you, he left a good job. I mean, he had job security. He didn't have nothing to worry about. He didn't have a 401k. He had a 4,001k. He had it going on, baby, if you understand what I'm trying to tell you. But what he saw was it wasn't the wall that had been torn down that caused him to quit his good job. It was the people's heart, their faith, and their commitment that he saw torn down, and it caused him to leave his job. What did he do? Went to the king, says, bro, here's my notice. I, I, you know, I know you don't agree, but I want to do this. And here's what I, I know you're about to tell me I can't quit, but watch this. God told me to. Oh, once you drop the God card, that's it. Once you drop the God card, nobody can say, oh, man, you know, he dropped the God card. Your God told me, dang, all right, go ahead, man. Dang, why are you going to throw God in it, you know? He dropped the God card, left his cushy job. He went to the people who had been down, spirits broken, feeling hopeless and helpless, and caused them to rebuild this wall. The whole time while they're rebuilding the wall, they're thinking that they're doing something physical. They think that they're, we're, we, we got this construction stuff, we're building the wall. No, no, no. What was happening is they were rebuilding their faith in God. They were rebuilding their confidence. They were rebuilding their, 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 their boldness, their tenacity, their drive, their energy. They were rebuilding the confidence within them to be a people that were designed to be indestructible. They weren't building a wall. Nehemiah left his job to build up his people. Doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that he was getting paid to do it. Doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that he had benefits that he had before. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that he still had his company car or the nice crib that he probably had working the government job. Doesn't say that. Don't even say how he made a living. But I'm a firm believer that he was taken care of by his people because he mobilized them to do something that they believed for generations that they couldn't do. Rebuild this wall. Rebuild this wall. His purpose had changed. God spoke to him, gave him a new purpose. Nehemiah thought he had made it. He thought he was at the top. I'm eating the good food with the king. I'm chilling. I got the company card a whole night. I'm doing well. I made it. But God says, no, I got you to do. I need something for you to do. Leave that cushy job. Mobilize those people. Remind them that I got this. I got this. I was reading this book called Life Defining Moments written by James Emery White. And this quote stuck out. And it just, it just hit me. It was perfect timing because it fits right with this sermon. Let me read it to you. It says this. James Emery White from the Life Defining Moments book. He says, you were given life because God had a dream for you. 
individually, specifically, by name. You were no accident. God willed you into existence, and he not only gave you life, but he also invested you with promise and potential. Within you, each and every one of you, is the opportunity to join with God in fulfilling the great adventure birthed in his mind for you from eternity. God dreamed you up. He dreamed about you a long, 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 long time. Seeing God's opportunities for you, that's God's gift to you, to visualize it and see his opportunities for you. That's his gift to you. Here's how you can repay him. Seizing those opportunities is your gift to God. If God is wonderful and kind and gracious enough to reveal how he has a plan for your life, the best you could do is seize the opportunity. The best thing you could do, it's, it's, it's your show, way of showing gratitude. It's your way of showing uh, uh, that you understand. Let me tell you something about 2014. I got excited when I saw this. I like to play biblical math. You know, each number means something biblically. Watch this. The number 14 represents deliverance. The number 14 represents deliverance. Be quiet. I get it. But let me tell you what you're delivered from. 2014 is the year that you are delivered from the bondage of fear. 2014 is the year that you are delivered from the bondage of guilt. 2014 is the year that you are delivered from the bondage of labels self-imposed and unsolicited. 2014 is the year you are released from the bondage of unforgiveness. 2014 is the year that you are released and delivered from the bondage of self-pity. Time to put the confetti and stuff away. No longer will you have a pity party. 2014 is the year that you are delivered from the bondage of sin. 2014 is the year that you are released from the bondage of death. Somebody just paid off their car this last year. They're released from the bondage of death. You're delivered from the bondage of your past. This is your Kairos moment. In Greek, there are two ways they've looked at time, kairos and chronos. Kairos means the right or opportune time. This is your moment, your kairos moment to, <laughs> this is your kairos moment, that moment where you can, what is this word again? I forgot, carpe diem, carpe diem, seize the moment. Seize the moment. I, I did some research on this car per diem thing, and we, 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 we almost had to close here. I did some research of this car per diem thing, right? Kairos, the right or opportune time for you to cease your car per diem, right? This is that moment. I did some research, and in the Hebrew book of principles, the perke avot, the perke avot, which is called the Hebrew books, Hebrew books of principles, that exact same phrase is in there, but it says this instead of saying seizing the opportunity it says this and if not now then when if not now what you've been dreaming about you don't pursue and go get when 
If not now, what you've been dreaming about, the purpose that God has given you and you know he's given you, you have not pursued it, then when? If not now, then when? Because you don't know when. You're not promised when. You all raised your hand that you know somebody that didn't make it to 2014. If not now, then when? If not now, then when? I'm going to leave you with these things, my brothers and sisters, and we're going to pray. Do me this huge favor. Better yet, do it for God. Refuse to let the labels of your past limit God's plans for your future. Refuse to let, and watch this, those labels even mean success. Refuse to let the labels of your past limit God's plans for your future. Refuse to go out there and take risks. Now, if that is you that is caught up in the bondage of fear, I want to say something, and we're going to pray. The greatest experiences are often the scariest, and the scariest experiences are often the greatest. Think about it. The greatest experiences are often the scariest. Those greatest things, your first time driving a car by yourself, that was scary in the mug, right? But wasn't it good when you did it? Huh? The first time you jumped off the high diving board into the deep end for those who swim, oh, it was scary in the mug. You went to the end, you jumped back. You went to the end, you jumped back. You went to the end, you jumped back, and eventually you said, You just let it go. But wasn't it good when you did it? You wanted to do it again. The first time you rolled the bike without training wheels. Huh? Or those married folks, when you stood there and looked your wife in her eye and said, I do, till death do us part. Woo! Man, I was shaking. I'm... <laughs> uh, till death? You mean like, but man, that was the greatest decision I ever made. Woo! Hallelujah. Jesus, thank you. Or when you decided to go back to school, it was scary. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I've been out of school for so long. This is, oh, Jesus. It's the greatest thing you've ever done. Think about those moments. The scariest moments are often the greatest. And for you young folks, it could be something as simple as going on that roller coaster. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. All the loop-de-loops. And and you go on that thing, and it's so a loop-de-loop, your belly up here. And and then when it's over, you're like, whoa, I'm getting back in line. I'm cutting people because that was incredible experience. Here's mine. One of the scariest things I did was step out on faith, leave a good career as a musician, and be obedient to God to be a church planner. I see all my friends traveling the world, gigs that I know I could have had. And the funny thing is I'm not envious because I know that this is God's purpose for my life. The scariest but the most rewarding and best experience I've ever had. What's yours? Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven. Wow, we did it. We hear this new year, and God, we understand that new years present new obstacles, but also new blessings. We understand that the new year presents challenges, but new experiences. The new year presents 
just a bunch of new things, God, that we can't even begin to fathom on in our minds right now. But we trust you because as long as we have you on our side, there's nothing we can't accomplish. God, we love you so much, and I thank you here for everybody under the sound of my voice. God, I know the year, we're already five days into it, but let today begin like it was the first day of the year. Let us, oh God, just remain connected to you. Forget about our past. Forget about our past struggles, our past successes, our past failures, Father God, our past wins. But God, let us focus on our purpose because the fact that we're here says that there's still work individually for us to do. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.